0: Turn in your Bible to the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, and let's see how many places we can go. Do you ever think sometimes that maybe God is just unreasonable? I know you thought that times your mother and dad were just unreasonable. Sometimes you think the place where you work, your boss, is unreasonable. Sometimes I think everybody's unreasonable you ever think that your wife was unreasonable? Your husband was unreasonable? I bet your kids think the parents are too. Did you know that God is not afraid to sit and reason with you? So I want you to look at this verse. This is in the book of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Isaiah 1 and verse 18. The Lord has told them how bad they were. I mean, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, he says you're you're sick, you're a bad case, you're a mental case. So he says here in verse 18, "Come now, and let us reason together," saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So God says, "Come together and let us reason." But God wants you to listen to Him. He already knows your side. So when you come together to reason with the Lord, you can ask him any question you want. God's not against that. God knows that you have an inquiring mind. And in a way, God knows that we're kind of skeptical about things. And there's a lot of things that goes on in life where we just don't know what to believe. There might be some decisions going on today, you know, around the United States, and people are skeptical about what to believe. And you think about all the stuff going on in Washington, and it's just no end to it. But I want to give you something that I think will help you to understand God just a, a little bit more. So I want to mention these two things to you. One is about an agnostic. You know, now, an atheist, you have no problem. You know what an atheist is. An atheist doesn't believe that there's a God. So an atheist, since he can't believe in God, must must believe that uh, evolution is true. And if uh, he believes evolution is true, then evolution becomes the religion of the atheist. So he has a religion too. And then you have another type of person that's called an agnostic. It just simply means without knowledge. But there's a lot of difference between a, an atheist and an agnostic and a skeptic. Now, we don't mind being a little skeptical at times. We don't consider ourselves to be a, an agnostic or an atheist. Or just plain rebellious because we, we have an inquiring mind and we want to know. So God says, come together and let us reason. I believe that God knows how we think, knows how we feel. And he wants to, to talk. He wants to, he wants to explain things to us. Now, I want to read this to you. Because, see, an agnostic is a person that's without knowledge of God. Uh, he doesn't even seek to find When there's a crossroad, he just says, you can't know which way to go. So he just commits intellectual suicide. But then you have an honest skeptic. Well, he might get to that crossroad too. And he doesn't know which way to go. He doesn't know what to believe, but he's seeking for truth. He wants to know. And so there's a lot of difference between totally blocking all facts out of your mind because your mind's made up than a person who wants to know truth. So many times as Christ was up on the earth, people would come and ask him questions. But he knew that the question they asked, they really didn't want to know the answer. No, he wouldn't tell them. And then there was other seeking hearts. They would ask and he would answer them just like that. Because he knew the difference between an agnostic and a skeptic, an honest skeptic, somebody who really wants to know. Well, I have been, I guess you would classify me at the beginning, an honest skeptic. But I did believe there was a God, but I had questions about God. I had a lot of questions. And I never met anybody to give me any answers. Till one day my father-in-law sat down with me and explained something to me, and I didn't like his answers. Because what he told me, if it was true, I was going to hell. And I didn't like that. But let me read this to you. The natural attitude of a thinking mind toward the supernatural is that of skepticism. Skepticism, not agnosticism. The skeptic halts at the crossroads to take his bearings, but at the sight of a crossroad, the agnostic gives up his journey altogether. True skepticism connotes intellectual caution, but agnosticism is intellectual suicide. And a man by the name of Professor Stewart. Alexander Stewart said, the name by which those designate their position who do not deny the existence of God, the future world, and other doctrines of religion, but declare that we do not and cannot know anything about these subjects. So there's people who have wrote it all off. You can't know about the future. You can't really know about where we came from. You can't really know if there's a God. You can't prove anything because if you can't see it, it can't be real. So there's a lot of people like that. But picture for a moment. There's an atheist standing over there. And there's a, an agnostic standing here. The atheist says, there is no God. Definitely, There is no God. The agnostic says, I don't know if there's a God or not. I don't know and I don't care and I'm not interested and I'm not looking and I'm not seeking. It means to be without knowledge. Like one guy says, I'm an agnostic, thank God. Then you have over here a person that's a skeptic, but a non-skeptic, questions everything. He just wants you to prove everything to him. Then over there, you got the, the person that believes. Uh, you've you got me standing over there. Because I do believe the Bible, and I do believe in God, and I do believe in Jesus Christ. I do believe in the future. I do believe in heaven. And through the scriptures, I can see it all. But that's not good enough for some people. I talked to a man about a week ago, and I says, I have pleaded with you over and over again, week after week, to trust Christ as your Savior. I've given you all that I can give you, and still you will not believe it. He said, Well, I just have a question. I said, I've answered that question a hundred times, but you really won't listen. You really don't want to know. And I think it's a shame. I says, I trusted Christ on my Savior on just a little bit of knowledge. And most people will trust Christ as their Savior on just a little knowledge. All they have to be shown is they're a sinner. Christ paid for their sins. And if they'll believe that He did it for them, God will give them eternal life. That's good enough for me. And they trust the Lord. Other ones, they want you to Get out all of the books. Prove everything to me. And they'll never live long enough to get all of their answers. And they're always looking for additional light as though they don't have enough. They just refuse to believe. And some people, you cannot make them believe. I want you to take your Bible and turn to Psalms 14. Psalms 14. Psalms 14. And look in... Verse 1, verse 1, A very interesting little statement here. It's almost like God didn't know that people don't believe in Him. I think God knows every person's heart. But you'll look there in chapter 14 of Psalms and look in verse 1, The fool have said in his heart, there is no God. So does the Bible say there is no God? Well, the Bible says there's no God. So, why should I believe in the Bible? The Bible says there is no God. Yeah, but the Bible says a fool said that. Now, are there a lot of fools in this world? There's a lot of people that say that there is no God. And so it's easy for them to accept evolution, because evolution doesn't require a God. And so we that believe in creation, it requires a God. So we are on different pages And see, we believe that man was up here and fell, and they believe man was down here and got better and better and better and better. Uh, Totally opposite views. If you believe in theistic evolution that God created by the process of evolution, it means that you don't understand either one. You don't understand creation, and you don't understand evolution. One, evolution is impossible, but ours is possible because God made it possible. Evolution can't happen because you've never seen something come from nothing. And some people are not smart enough to figure that out yet. But what I want to show you here in this verse, the fool has said in his heart there is no God, they are corrupt, they have done abominable works, there is none that doeth good. And the more you can get God out of your mind, the freer you are without restraints to live in sin with comfort joy. And pleasure because you see you you deny it It doesn't exist you've isolated it away from reality and they live in a dream world and they don't know that God has put laws into society and into nature that says you reap what you sow they haven't figured that out so what would you do if an atheist came up to you and says I am an atheist prove to me that there is a God prove to me there's a God No, what you do is you turn it around. You know, that's interesting. Why don't you believe there's a God? You put him on the defense. Why don't you believe there's a God? Because sometimes the reason they don't believe there's a God is because his brother ate all his cereal. Mama didn't let him have the car last night. Or he made a prayer, and God didn't answer his prayer. There, I don't believe in God. You'd be surprised how many people have prayed certain prayers to God and because God didn't answer their prayer uh, then there must not be a God. I don't believe in God. Aren't those good reasons not to believe in God? Well he will have to admit if he is honest that he cannot prove that there is no God. But the thing has come down to this and you heard um, Phil Myers when he was here talking about the inductive Bible study. There's inductive and deductive See, inductive is when you just take the Bible and you go to it and you pull out and read and study and analyze and everything that it says and just believe what it says. Another way is I have a theory. Now, let me prove it. And I try to find verses that will back up what I already believe. Now, that's deductive reasoning. Inductive is where I try to draw out from the study of the Word of God, and whatever it says, it says. Now, when it comes to life, when it comes to understanding whether there's a God or there isn't a God, to understand that by the facts itself, by studying the geological columns and archaeological finds and all the fossils and putting it all together, by my own inductive reasoning, can I come up with a state of facts that says, this is real. This is what it says. Or do I already have in my mind a position? I don't believe in God. I believe that evolution is true. So now as I look and study all the facts that are out there, whatever there is to find, I look at everything trying to prove my view. And this is what they do. Their mind's not open Say. teach me the truth, they're not even an honest skeptic. They're dishonest skeptics. And there is a difference. But does the Bible tell us reasons why we should believe that what God says is true? Now, I want to give you this. Turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 1. Romans and chapter 1. Remember this, in a court of law, you do not have to see a crime committed. You only have to listen to the evidence and come to a, where it's a reasonable doubt, where there's a reasonable doubt or an unreasonable doubt, that this crime was committed by this person or whatever. So you and I are supposed to be able to reason together with God. Let God tell us what the facts are, and let's look at it and see if that's reasonable. Does God make sense? And I believe that God makes a lot of sense. But look there in verse 19 of Romans chapter 1. Because that which may be known of God is manifest, get this, in them. For God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of Him from the creation, not evolution, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. People are not born atheists. They're born, and if left alone, they'll come to the conclusion somebody made it. There has to be a God. There has to be a God. And God says that they are without excuse. But when you want to do whatever it is you want to do, And you feel that this restrains you, then you got to stop believing this so that you can do what you want, so that your conscience is clear. And this is what a lot of colleges and universities are doing today. They're stripping away the restraints, even from God's people, when they sit and listen to teachers that will hammer them over and over again about "There there is no God, there is no God, there is no God, there is no God. Well, if there is no God, then the Bible isn't true. There is no heaven, and there's no hell, and I don't have to worry about Jesus Christ. And there's nothing to restrain, no restraint upon a person's life. They can do whatever they want to do. Look at the nation today. Look what's going on. It's not an accident. It's because we've gotten away from believing what God's Word has to say. And then he says here in verse 24, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, not the evolution of the world. Now, let me just give this to you real quick there are four main things that we often use as a reason for believing that what God says is true, to believe in God. And one of those is called the cosmological argument, the cosmos, the world, the world itself, cause and effect. And there has to be a first mover, something that causes something to be put into motion. Now, we know They say the stars are in motion, the earth is in motion, the planets are in motion, the moons are in motion, our sun is in motion, everything is in motion. Okay, what started it? What started the motion? Think of all the energy that's in just one of those little stars of which our sun is a star. It's just filled with energy. Okay, where did the energy come from? They cannot explain that. Four gases came together, yet, yeah, but where did the four gases come from? There was a big bang. Okay, where, what caused that? They don't know. They don't have the answers, they only have hypothetical guesses. And so you and I are left to wonder whether or not, what, what do we believe? What would it take for somebody to cause you to doubt the Word of God? There's a lot of people I talk to, even Christians get to where they, they don't really believe all of it's true. Don't believe the Bible is really God's word. It's just written by man. Well, an object in motion will stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. And so something has to cause something to happen. You see, my Bible, unless it's acted upon by some outside force, it's going to lay there until it disintegrates. Because it has no power. It's going to lay right there. We were talking in our cults class about some of these things. They talk about the evolution of the automobile, the evolution of the telephone. But you and I know that they didn't evolve. Somebody made that telephone. There was a planner and designer behind that telephone. That automobile, it did not build itself. It did not evolve. It was developed by developers. Somebody had a plan. Somebody designed. Somebody put it together and made it work. An intelligence outside of the phone and outside of the automobile. And this watch, what would it take for me to convince you that it made itself? It did it all by itself. Would you ever believe that? And this world is run more meticulous than this. This is set according to the world. Listen, this watch right here, made by man, but it will never continually for a million years keep working. It did not make itself. This world did not make itself. Now, God says if you are reasonable, you'll have to reason The world could not make itself. The world cannot do it. You have never seen anything come from nothing, and you never will. The world is here. Now, you made it, or I made it, and I didn't make it. Did you do it? Oh, somebody else made it. And he has to be eternal. The other one is the teleological argument, which is design. Because there is design in this world, and everything that we have. You talk about whether it's the animals, the plants, people, to think that we just happened. There was a design behind all of this. As the Bible says, he that made the ear, shall he not hear? He that made the eye, shall he not see? But you and I, if we believed in evolution, are supposed to believe that the eye came from a light-sensitive spot like a freckle. Aren't you glad that it didn't develop in the seat of your pants every time you sit on and you go blind? <laughs> Isn't it wonderful that they develop right there? And why would a blob that has no brain develop an eye in which to see when it doesn't know there's anything to see? And what good is the eye without light waves? What good is the ear without sound waves? But how does it know there's such a thing to hear If it doesn't have it, it's stupidity. That's why God says, when you don't believe in God, you're a fool. All these professors and all these colleges and universities that believe in evolution and teach that there is no God, they are a fool. And if they don't like it, you tell them, I work here at 4811 George Road. And I'll debate it with any of them. I can make a monkey out of them. Anthropological argument. Anthropos means man. The logical argument of a man. What causes a man to have a morality? What causes us to think that some things are right and some things are wrong? Have you ever seen dogs say, you know, that wasn't right? That was my bone. And you took my bone. That was not right. They don't go by morality. And when you stop and think about morals, where does it come from? Where does that desire come from to do right? The desire to do right come from what? Well, you see, we were just uh, oozing the slime of the Nile. And all of a sudden, there we were as a one-sealed amoeba. And then we were doing along fine and osmosis and just splitting up and staying happy, splitting up, splitting up, splitting up. Sooner or later, you've got to talk about the sex life of the amoeba, how to split up and still stay happy. How does it make it work? How does it make it work? It is stupid. You say, well, I'm an agnostic. Well, blessed be God. It means you're without knowledge. That's what it means. Without knowledge, you don't know. I do know, and I don't think God's children ought to take a back seat to anybody in this world, and to feel like we have to be intimidated by anybody. I don't care how many degrees they got after their name. If you know the wisdom of this book, you're smarter than the average bear. If you do believe in God and the creation. You're far ahead of them because they don't have the answers, and we do. Where does the desire or the knowledge come from that man is aware that there is a God? You can take people all over the earth, and little babies, and they'll grow up and they'll believe that there's a God, and they'll have all kinds of religions all over the world. Atheism is taught after they get sick of a religion. You're not born as an atheist. You will know that there is a God. And you'll feel guilty when you disobey mommy and daddy. Try to get away with it if you can. Run and hide if you can get away with it. But you'll learn. And the Bible teaches all of this. And it's so important to understand. But the one that I like the best of all of these Arguments, and they're good arguments, is the one of the supernatural revelation of God. See, whoa, whoa, what's that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Psalms, the 19th Psalm. The 19th Psalm. The 19th Psalm. And you'll notice that In the first six verses, it talks about the world, and in the verse 7 to 14, it talks about the Word. So this psalm shows you that if God made the world and God gave the Word, then the world and the Word of God should agree, and they do. The Bible and true science agree. Evolution does not agree with science because evolution is not scientific. It does not agree with science. It is not scientific. The word science means to know. And they do not know. And they cannot prove their hypothesis. So you're talking about, God says here in verse 1, He says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge about God. It's to reveal God. That's what he says over in the book of Romans. How the man is without excuse. You look up and you see the sun, you see the moon, you see the stars, you see people, you see the earth, you watch a baby. That's evidence, evidence. Because you didn't do it. No man, and you're the highest on the level of evolution, and you can't do it. You see, God had to do it, and God did do it. So you can be a skeptic, or you can be an honest skeptic, and look at the evidence, and you have to come to the conclusion, there is a God, and he is real.